We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a podcast from The Bugle. You're in your back garden. It's late, the end of a long, hard day, and the rain is beating down on your head almost as heavily as your eyelids are hanging on your face. You're digging in the back garden and your shovel breaks. Bother, you say rudely. You start scrabbling with your hands, picking at the soil with stones, rocks, anything you can find. Suddenly, whoosh, you've struck oil. A jet of the liquid squirts 30 feet in the air. My goodness, you're rich beyond your wildest dreams. But you can't celebrate. You weren't prepared for this. Your eyes travel to the corpse you were about to bury. The corpse you murdered in cold blood. The bloody of the Deliveroo driver you stabbed in a fit of passion when you discovered that the ramen you ordered came with uncooked noodles that you had to put in boiling water for one minute and 30 seconds. And if you'd wanted to cook a dinner, you wouldn't have ordered a f***ing Deliveroo. From the lights flicking on the houses around yours, you can tell the 30-foot spout of oil is already drawing attention. How can you dispose of the body now? There's just one thing that might work. You brush the soil from your hands and call the only fixer you can trust. The gargle. This is The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for Visual World. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are Josh Gondelman and Gabe Molika. Welcome. Thank you, Alice. This really rings true, because I myself have murdered in cold blood this week, so that was exciting. Oh, that's good. I've had noodles. <laughs> <laughs> I realized halfway through saying your name that I hadn't done what I normally do, which is ask people how they say their name. How do you, how do you say your name, Gabe? It's Malika, but having done the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, I understand that all the different accents, the ways to say Malika, so don't worry. You're doing great. It's all good. <laughs> Gabe Malika. Nailed it. Excellent. Well, before we take our picks and plunge together into the mine that is this week's top stories, let's have a look at the front cover of the magazine. Front cover this week has the headline, The Gargle Person of the Year 2023, and the subtitle, We're Calling It Early. The photo is of the person of the year, Mildred Enk. She's a woman in her late 30s, and she's sitting down looking at the camera. She doesn't quite know what to do with her hands, and she's smiling lightly. She seems nice. The captions read, She seems nice. You say why, we say why not. And okay, that's enough about Mildred now. Hey, congratulations to Mildred. <laughs> congratulations to Mildred. I, I just feel like too much news is news, you know? Yeah. It's nice to just have a Mildred sometimes. Oh, that's so good. That's such a good name for it, too. Like, we've had too, look, too much about Trump's arraignment, and we just need a Mildred in here. <laughs> well, I feel that's sort of what reality television is trying to do, mm-hmm. which is trying to give you a, a glimpse into ordinary people's lives. But because reality television has now existed for long enough that people know what it mm-hmm. actually does to your brain, only absolute maniacs go on reality yep. television. Uh, people with their personality turned up to 12, and what you want is Mildred, six and a half at best, <laughs> personality volume. 
at any given time. The satirical cartoon this week is a picture of a naked Elon Musk with pasties shoved like the Dogecoin logo stuck over his nipples, uh, bending over and shoving billions of dollars in bills up somebody's asshole while a bunch of dressed like they're in the Matrix fanboys applaud him. The caption reads, This can't be a stupid thing to do because I couldn't do it unless I was very, very rich. (laughs) Environment news now. And this is the news that a mammoth meatball has been created in a lab Josh Gondelman, you've seen a mammoth meatball before. Can you unpack this story? (laughs) Yes, this story is truly amore. A kind of alternative meat company called Vow has used mammoth DNA uh, created from cells from a long extinct mammoth to to make a giant meatball for people to eat and to raise attention, right, for, uh, first of all, for sustainable meat products in the future. The company says they picked the mammoth, right, the woolly mammoth, because it was driven extinct by climate factors, and they want to raise awareness of our, our existing climate crisis. But, like, come on. You just want to eat a mammoth, right? <laughs> They're just trying to serve the most exotic animal they can. Like, climate change be damned. They would have done unicorn meat if they could find a single stem cell. <laughs> Look, it's always frustrating doing a story like this where it's like the goal was to raise awareness yeah. because even covering it means that you've fallen for their stupid trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabe? Uh, yeah, I think it's fun that they went with woolly mammoth. They also have alpaca, buffalo, crocodile, kangaroo, and peacocks. And I like that. I think it's fun to create fake meat based on animals that we've never tasted because then no one can complain about the authenticity. I'm, so, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to call you here. Yeah. Uh, you can get kangaroo in any supermarket in Australia. It's sort of fine. Maybe in Queens, but I've never had it. But, the, <laughs> but I, I will say it's fun. I, I'm imagining somebody using the phrase, something's off. This is not the way my mom's peacock tastes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It could be anything, right? Like, we don't know... That it's mammoth. Like, how can we be sure that's what it is? And they're not just like, uh, yeah, we got some dry-aged giraffe steak that we're grinding <laughs> up. It could just be anything we've never tasted before. Yeah, they're they're fooling us. Tim Noaksmith, who co-founded this company, said, We chose the woolly mammoth because it's a symbol of diversity loss and a symbol of climate change. And I feel like if you're going to go for the creature that is a symbol of extinction, you want to go with the dodo. Mmm. Mm. For sure. I bet they're so tender. But I imagine they did make a dodo and it just looked so, like just the dodo meatball was just so stupid. It couldn't even hold together in a meatball <laughs> form. It just turned back into a slurry. <laughs> well, this is the thing. We want to raise awareness of climate. Give us some human meat, right? <laughs> Go all the way. You can tell that that's where they're going, right? Like that's the yep. sequel. <laughs> you know that was pitched in the meeting. Like, oh, you want to freak people out? Let's give them some human meat. We'll clone them from a human. It's not unethical. It's just freaky. <laughs> Apparently, I, the, initially the idea was genuinely to produce dodo meat. I don't want people to think this was a piece of satire. They did they did try, but they just the dodos extincted themselves before we had any DNA from them. So, mm-hmm. And by extincted themselves, let, let's be very clear <laughs> who did the extincting. We got to name them, right? And so it feels like fine that they're dead. Like we're like, oh yeah, the dipshit birds. Who cares? <laughs> it's like that's not what they called themselves. I think it's fun that it's not plant alternative because we know that type of meat, right? Like the fake plant meat that bleeds, mm-hmm. like the Impossible Burger, the Beyond Meat, the I can't believe it's not tomahawk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they went with real. They're making meat in a lab. Yeah, I was always confused why they want the plant meat to bleed, like. Oh, it's, it's definitely made of lentils, but it screams when you touch it. You're like, what <laughs> specifically are we looking for here? Right, right, right. Just the flavor of cruelty. 
It's like, yeah, this burger, like, look, no animals were harmed, but it has a soul. We verified that it has a soul. <laughs> I like this because it's, like, kind of a fun way to play God, right? Like Jurassic Pork to just, like, like we're we're going where science maybe shouldn't, but, like, these mammoths can't trample us because we're going, like, straight to filet. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a new word. I, when they said the, the vow meat was cultured, that just means it was made in a lab. I thought it meant like my burger studied abroad in Prague and listens to Bach. <laughs> I thought they meant to just stuck some steak in a, a pot of yogurt. Its last word was chow, even though it didn't grow up in a culture that says chow. It came back with an accent, even though it was only in Europe for two weeks. <laughs> and it ch- chose an accent from a country that it didn't go to. Yeah, full Madonna. <laughs> I say Paris now. <laughs> Ooh, was Belgium nice? <laughs> Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. Do you love balaclavas but are sad that you can only get them for your head? Why not buy our new balaclava jumpers, the balaclava for your body, a 100% wool long sleeve top with two holes cut out for your nipples to poke through. The balaclava jumper, warm, sexy and terrifying to anyone who lived through the (laughs) Irish Troubles. Are you a villainous super crook? Have your dreams of hanging super spies over a shark infested tank been thwarted because you've only been able to source really tiny sharks? Are the sharks about two centimetres long? Do they really get lost in that massive tank you had built? Do all the super spies you hang above it laugh at you and make fun of you to their super spy friends? Then why not try half a glass of water, just the right size for your dumb little sharks. Half a glass of water, perfect for putting sharks in, if they're very, very small sharks. This section of the show is brought to you by Cryptocurrency, the money for beyond the grave. You can't take it with you, but the it in that sentence is stuff like real money, and this isn't, so maybe you can. (laughs) Bye, 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 and find out when you die, die, die. Cryptocurrency, the only sleazy technobabble that guarantees you entry into the endless VIP lounge in the sky. (laughs) When I die, I want someone to put a a Bitcoin on each of my eyelids to (laughs) allow me safe passage into douche heaven. (laughs) Yeah, it turns out that uh, Cerberus only takes Dogecoin. (laughs) Three-headed Dogecoin. (laughs) Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Now it's time for your space crypto news, uh, because what we really need to do with the stupidest form of currency is to shoot it into outer space. (laughs) Josh, you've looked at the stars. Can you unpack this story for us? Sure. So 
some crypto companies are they're trying to commoditize the moon and what they're doing here is they they sent crypto to the moon they advertise 62 bitcoin with a stated value of 1.5 million will be stranded on the moon until someone goes up and gets it which is the complete opposite of what we were told cryptocurrency was for you can't decentralize <laughs> something and then hide it in a specific location <laughs> so I, let me just break this down real quick because this story there are a lot of threads here and what actually can't democratize something and then put it on the moon mm-hmm. yeah the least democratic place that you you know of because you need to a spaceship to get there this is huge newsy because up until now the douchiest thing ever to happen on the moon was someone playing golf so what happened here <laughs> and I want to break this down into really like elemental terms a bunch of nobodies did a big nothing that has <laughs> no value. They set up an Easter egg hunt, basically, under the premise that Easter eggs are worth millions of dollars, but only to people who want to trade them to you for other Easter eggs. And at this economic moment, they'd have been better off just putting literal eggs on the moon because their value is actually trending upwards. (laughs) The best thing that could happen from this, the absolute best outcome, is that we strand a bunch of crypto enthusiasts on the moon when they go up to try to get this. And I think... If that happens, this will have been a positive development. Yes, the Bitcoin bounty that's being hidden on the moon is be- is called uh, Nakamoto One, after the name of the person who they think created Bitcoin back in 2008. It's always worrying uh, if a sign of your success is your anonymousness. <laughs> <laughs> it almost feels a little bit like drugs, right? Where it's like, we think we know where this comes from. And you're like, uh, I don't know about this. <laughs> I'm not going to devote my life to this. Yeah, I think the Woolly Mammoth Burger is more authentic than whatever mm-hmm. money they're sending to the moon. I, I, My favorite detail was that they're sending 62 loose Bitcoin, but they don't have it laying around. So they're taking donations and they're selling NFTs. Uh, I think it's the most out-of-touch GoFundMe since Coldplay's Chris Martin raised funds to purchase a second beanie. (laughs) Apparently in the release, the point of the crypto bounty was to make an unachievable goal that would force more space innovation because uh, we all know that people are at their best when they're in the midst of a gold rush. And that's (laughs) certainly the pinnacle of human behaviour. They all agree. They all agree that this incentivizes exploration and unlocks the best of human ingenuity. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to people stake jumping on the moon cryptocurrency right at this point this is like a a chore chart where a kid gets a gold star for doing chores right there's no like actual incentive it's only an incentive because people are bought in and they're like like this is it's stickers it's shiny stickers totally and it's so tone deaf they're like yeah it'll like breed innovation like in like fourth grade classrooms like we can't afford colored pencils you want to like kids are not gonna like build a rocket to the moon yeah an incentive needs to incentivize that's what they call it that (laughs) yeah bitcoin bounties are like paying for your blue tick on twitter the only people you're going to impress Mm -hmm. by getting it are the people who you don't want to impress And now it's time for your reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. Josh, what have you brought in for us this week? I brought in the review of a recent, uh, my, my first pedicure. Ooh. Yeah, thank you. The way you said pedicure made me mm-hmm. 100% certain that it was your first. <laughs> 
this is what happened recently. This is my review. Um, my my wife's dad recently treated the two of us, he and I, not my wife and I. <laughs> it was the two <laughs> two adult men. We went for pedicures together, which makes me wonder, do I have a sugar daddy-in-law? It's not something a pedicure. It's not something I think I would do with my own father, the 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 lawless one, the outlaw father. I'm because I'm not sure if I've ever seen his feet. They might just be round at the end, like a Kendall's foot. He wears sneakers to the beach, like the Pilgrims did. Um, the physical experience of a pedicure, abysmal. It was like going to the dentist for my feet. Um, it makes me feel bad for how we treat dentists because they're the same, and we are so mean to dentists. And so appreciative of estheticians, right? No one ever treats their whole bachelorette party to teeth cleanings before the wedding. (laughs) Ultimately, though, I have to say it was incredibly effective, the pedicure, at making my feet nicer, but not at all pleasant. I will return at the exact same cadence I used to set the actual dentist when an older relative guilts me into it. Two out of five stars. (laughs) But how do your feet feel now? Are your toes smooth and gleaming? Do they twinkle when you smile? They do, which that, they sh- those shouldn't be attached. My, they're like, are your toes winking at me? It's like, yeah. Did you wear the, their flip-flops that they provide on the way out, the paper ones? I don't think so because they put my feet into like, they were in like a, a gentle water bath the whole time. That was nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that was nice. But then a lot of prodding and scraping, which I didn't realize was part of it. Yeah, it's like a medical procedure. Yeah, and they were great. This was not a poorly executed endeavor. I just didn't realize the endurance required for relaxation. I also, for context, I'm not a massage person either. Like, if a massage is too gentle, I feel like I'm not getting my money's worth. And if it's too aggressive, I feel like I'm cheating on my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Gabe, what have you brought in for us? I'm going to review not going to work. Uh, do you have a job? Does it require you to get up, shower, dress, brush your teeth, take two subways, walk across a highway, sit at a desk in a building you resent? Are you underpaid? Is your rent too damn high like that guy said one time? Are you stifled by the inhumane bureaucracy of paywalled healthcare in America? Well, have you tried using all your sick days? Have you tried using more sick days than you don't have in hopes that your bosses don't notice because they also hate work? Have you considered just not going to work? Like Bartleby the Scrivener before me, I can't recommend enough simply, quote, not going to work, clearing through sick days like they're Haribo when no one's home, not going to work. Six stars out of five, would recommend to a friend, don't forget to smash the like. (laughs) (laughs) It does feel good to not go to work. Oh, it's the best. It's one of my favorite places to not go. (laughs) Look, i got to say, the best thing about being uh, self-employed is that I am both a terrible boss and a terrible employee. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's uh, humans f***ing up sex lives business now. This is Mm -hmm. the news uh, that humans' relentless quest to kill off cockroaches with poison has changed the the breeding process of the cockroaches themselves. Uh, Gabe, you look like you've seen a cockroach before. Can you unpack this story for us? I have. I'd I'd love to unpack the story. The story, of course, involves German cockroaches, which have evolved... uh, uh, to to live in human environments. And the way they've done this is uh, typically uh, the way cockroaches reproduce is that the female gets on top of the male, kinky, and then the male has what's being described to me as a telescopic penis, which goes behind and around and has a little hook on it. 
Uh, and there he offers uh, what's being known as a nuptial gift, which I listened to the article. I didn't just read it, so I knew how to pronounce nuptial. And normally that, uh, that sweet chemical slurry is, uh, has glucose in it, which means it's sweet. Uh, but for, for years, we've, we've started to use a sweet-like substance uh, to, uh, to, to track and kill uh, these cockroaches. But now they've evolved, and they've made their nuptial gift less sweet. Uh, so now that there are some females uh, who just like aren't into the sweet stuff anymore, and it's made the male cockroaches not be able to uh, mate with them. They're just like not interested. However, that becomes a problem because the male cockroaches have now evolved. They've, uh, they've eaten some pineapple. They've changed, the, uh, they've changed the consistency of their nuptial gift. And, uh, and now they're back to getting, getting jiggy with it. And they just keep popping up because they know how to change the secret sauce. This is shocking news to me. I went to a friend's wedding over the weekend, and my nuptial gift to them was a cutting board. <laughs> so humans and cockroaches are much different, I think. Cockroach sex is so intense, right? The males hook the females to their body to, to procreate, which sounds problematic, certainly. And they do that because it takes 90 minutes for the male to release sperm into the female. And it's like, brag much, cockroaches? Okay, sting. Uh, that's kind of, okay, endurance king. Uh, and it's really wild that we use the same the same glucose, right, that, that was this nuptial gift in the traps. And technically the science word, I just want to add this context, <laughs> is we stop the roaches from having sex the cockroaches from having sex we roach blocked them and there i've thought of all the ways to say that and that's the best one there's no better way to go with it i want to say just as a point of ethics that the males have changed they changed the recipe right as as gabe said um and and that they've also figured out how to hook themselves to the females even faster which scientists who have been asked about this uh, have these these developments say they're they're like kind of thrilling evolutionary adaptations but it's just letting them commit sex crimes more efficiently it's like if kidnappers started buying like king-size candy bars and driving lamborghinis instead of goofy white vans uh i was curious if there's like in the cockroach community if the female cockroaches uh who who don't like glucose like have a reputation you know like the gluten-free people it's like oh you can't take them anywhere she's glucose averse you know, like, I wonder if they talk, they talk shit about each other. Or if they like, that's they, when, when they, when someone loves the glucose, if they're like, <laughs> oh yeah. This, She's old they, school. They love the, yeah, they're like, she loves the glucose, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's my German accent. And it's like, hey, you stop roach shaming, okay? Yeah, it turns out that uh, cockroaches have adapted so quickly to humans' uh, willingness to interfere with their sex life. I don't know why we've been so willing to interfere with their sex lives. We've been putting the cop into copulatory and the nup into nuptials and the black <laughs> into cockroach. I just think that we are setting ourselves up for them to invent a new way of having sex that is way worse for us. <laughs> Inevitably, it's going to start being something that we like the smell of. You know, like it's going to be something that just turns us on and then we're going to be part of the whole cockroach mating process. We're going down a bad pathway is what I think. 
It's true. And NPR included videos of both of these, the, the female cockroach accepting the, the nuptial gift and the, the female cockroach rejecting the nuptial gift. And I'm not going to lie, they look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for your Tyrannosaurus Rex news news now. This is, uh, I, I never know whether paleontological uh, discoveries count as news because they are inevitably incredibly old, but this is exciting news about T-Rex lips. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read the kind of fan fiction that involves you smooching down with the lady T-Rex at the end of Jurassic Park? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is good news for you because it turns out she had supple and mobile mandibular mops. Josh, yeah, you've smooched a T-Rex. <laughs> Gosh, only in dreams. Yeah, dinosaurs, we think of a T-Rex, right, as having, like, big protruding teeth. That's because all the T-Rexes we've seen don't have skin on. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's it's all teeth because they don't have a face. It's all just bones. <laughs> so, we, so we just pictured them. We just added skin where someone drew it, right? That's how we know. <laughs> really. Sure. Um, but they might, they had lips, they didn't have big teeth sticking out of their mouths because of the, the they cited the skull and jaw anatomy in theropods, meat-eating dinosaurs, the wear patterns on teeth, and the relationship of tooth to skull size. Um, so they probably had these lips to keep their teeth moist. Um, and apparently, there's no word yet, uh, you know, the T-Rexes had lips. There's no word whether the lady T-Rexes or she-Rexes also had thick curly <laughs> eyelashes so you could tell them apart like a Miss Pac-Man. Actually, lady T-Rexes are called T-Reginas. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know how they have sex. <laughs> I think you pronounce T-Vaginas wrong. <laughs> it's so terrifying to think of a T-Rex's lips, because the only thing I can imagine scarier than being chased by a large meat-eating dinosaur is if they were, like, creepily whistling while they were chasing you. <laughs> so spooky. That's horror movie stuff. The lips, I think, it seems like they're not as maneuverable as human lips, right? Which is too bad for them. Uh, rigid lips, tiny arms probably no fun to make out with or it's like kissing a (laughs) canvas wallet or something (laughs) well they also technically not called lips but uh labial scales which is a thing my friend sandra once had (laughs) yeah every woman i've dated prefers when i just call them lips (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's piano practice gotta gotta go through my labial scales I think the real star of this article is Thomas Cullen, the Auburn University paleontologist. I mean, this guy is just a is just a real freak in a good way. I think uh, there's just so many big problems in the world: cancer, inflation, the war in Ukraine. And this guy's like, when dinosaurs listen to "Kissing the Lipless by the Shins," do they hear those lyrics and think, "Well, that's actually a common misconception." <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of the article uh, that we are using is a, a description, quite a detailed description of the point of lips, uh, which feels like all of the scientists doing this have never considered mouths before. So they, they say the full closure of their mouth with labial scale covered lips protects the inside of the mouth, the oral cavity, uh, which would stop their tongues drying out. It's such weird conjecture, right? Because they, they are just describing mouths. They're like, yeah, you know, you keep your mouth closed so your tongue stays yeah, wet. Sealed and you're like, lips would help saliva secretions in the mouth keep teeth enamel hydrated. And you're just like, ah, oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares what these maybe lips did? Like, we all have lips. You don't have to explain lips to us. Don't make me think too much about what my mouth is doing at any time. Otherwise, if I think about it too much, it might be like when I'm typing and I wonder how I'm typing and then I forget how to type and I'm just going to start. Oh, yeah. Failing to contain my saliva secretions. And then my <laughs> tooth enamel will dry out. <laughs> I love this guy. He really thinks he's like a like a justice warrior. The, the final line made me laugh. He was like, uh, what we are in many ways is striving for here is for dinosaurs to be seen what they actually were, animals, not purely as movie monsters. I love that. He's like, uh, he's like, you know, dinosaurs, like they're not just nugget-shaped food, all right? They had lips, okay? <laughs> and it's also not important that we see dinosaurs as animals nope. because there aren't any. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're not a protected class. Mm -hmm. Who are we offending here? Right, 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 right. Yeah, let them go. I'm never going to talk shit about dinosaurs and, like, a hawk's going to come in and be like, I'm related to dinosaurs, huh? (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) Yeah, it's not like there's a pending Supreme Court case. We're like, we should really be nicer to dinosaurs. Like, they're really advocating for their rights right now. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, no, it's fine. Let them go. They're all dead. And yeah. we didn't even do it. Normally when an animal's all dead, we've got some blood on our hands. Usually Americans. Got... Yeah. It's not us this time. So just like, we can just make fun of them for being dead. Yeah. Thanks for bringing the hawk in at the end of that story, by the way, Josh. You really wrapped her up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I try, Sarah Dobbs. Oh, no. <laughs> the ad section at the back of the magazine. Gabe, have you got anything to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm doing a show off-Broadway right now called Solo. Uh, it's a show about how I don't have any friends. Isn't everything off-Broadway? It, <laughs> really? Yeah. Not Broadway. <laughs> Not Broadway. Broadway's on Broadway. They got huge theaters. <laughs> and I'm going to st- slowly start taking it on the road. So if you identify as someone who's on the road compared to the very narrow confines of Manhattan, uh, I might bring my show to you. That's major cities in America and possibly the UK. Excellent. Josh, have you got anything to plug? I do. I have a newsletter that I write every week called That's Marvelous, where I give pep talks to readers and people in the news who didn't ask for it. The readers ask for it. And I am going back out on the road in the United States as well. And the best way to get tickets to those is at my website, joshgondelman.com. And the best way to find out about new dates is to subscribe to the newsletter because it comes right to your email inbox and you don't have to rely on uh, seeing a tweet that is drowned out by a sea of porn bots now. (laughs) Thank you so much to our guest editors for this week's edition. If you would like to be a roving reporter for the Gargle, tweet us at HelloGarglers while that maintains any kind of legitimacy thank you to dave morris teela miss otis Lips, robin shantz and james vt who all sent in the mammoth meatball story mike bertie who sent in the space crypto story and jeffrey spear who sent in the cockroach mating story you can find me online at uh, patreon.com slash alice fraser it's a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials podcast blogs my weekly tea with alice salons and my weekly writers meetings if you would like to write with me we do weekly writers meetings and workshops i've also got my show running 
happening at the moment at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. It's called Twist, and it's actually good now, so I feel like I can plug it. <laughs> <laughs> After being in Melbourne, it will be in London and then in Edinburgh. Also in Tokyo on the 18th of May. Whoa! Nice. Yeah, very exciting. I've also uh, launched season two of my podcast, Tea with Alice, where I have tea with people, and we talk about difficult subjects. Uh, Josh Gondelman's on that. Nato Green is coming up. Andy Zaltzman has been on it. Various other people will be on it. I'm always on it because it's my <laughs> podcast. This is a Bugle podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.